exactly five years ago when I came to die duty of the cross for the first time it rained. So God is honoring our five years anniversary. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands to Jesus? And see him that bled for you. See him that sacrificed all for you. See him. The one for whom ransom was paid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When, when I survey the wondrous cross on which I died for me. I Jesus, oh yeah, Jesus, oh yeah, Jesus. So now we can
of Jesus Christ bring the release of grace that our loins shall be gathered up to walk in the realities of Christ I believe we are yet to touch the fringes of what it means to be in Christ because if any man be in Christ he is a new creation I pray the Lord let the scales fall off our eyes let yesterday's experience fall off our eyes. We want a fresh encounter. We want a fresh truth. We want working knowledge. Even as you advance in glory, may we also advance in the knowledge of glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Emmanuel, 
we talk about the work of Christ and we forget the person of Christ. The Bible says himself. He didn't send an angel. Himself. You see, when you come to church, a brother can say, sister, 
I had a dream about you. God was healing you of your sickness. And you will believe it. And you will be encouraged. But perhaps if Bishop tells you, if Pastor Isaiah tells you, or someone of a higher anointing tells you Jesus has healed you because of the caliber of the person giving you the information, your belief changes. So God wants you to know that the work was not done by an angel. The work was not done by an esoteric being. Himself. Matthew 8, 17. 1 Peter 2, 24. Himself, Jesus himself, God himself took your infirmity. That means that if it is God who took it, there is no way to run away back to you. That's why sometimes you, it's good to sing songs about him. It's good to sing songs about his work, but it is important to focus on him. Oh yeah, oh
person you're operating as a prophet is even in your songs. I've come here for five times. I have never sung three songs. Never. Because God is saying something to us. What is so important to you. Bible says seeing the wrath of the lamb we persuade men. Usually lambs shouldn't be angry. The, the, the young of a sheep should not be angry. It's a lion that is ferocious. But because of the intensity of the sacrifice the lamb is giving ferocity. It says seeing the wrath of the lamb we persuade men. It's important to God. The blood for God to bleed is a serious matter. He bled for you so that your value is like Him because blood for blood. I think that sometimes you meditate on such things, you should levitate. Because if you understand that God did a blood transfusion. So that the psalmist said in Psalm 22, all the waters and the rivers are gone out of me. It means Jesus emptied himself of any drop of blood from his head to his joints to his back to his hand. He bled. If you do a little bit of medical science, you see people who commit suicide, they slit the wrist. It means there's a vein here. When you puncture it, blood will come continuously. The man emptied himself of all blood. That is why when Thomas touched him, it was not stained with blood. Because all the blood was emptied into a vial. So he can carry it to him. He didn't keep some in him. He said, a spirit has no flesh and bone. Not flesh and blood. The blood was empty. It was left in bone. You have to catch a revelation of what God has done. Please, let 2022, beauty of the cross, give you a revelation of the one who died. It shouldn't be a mantra again. It should be a revelation. I remember the church I used to be in. I was born Baptist. I was raised Pentecostal. In time, I had two Nyumbi. A Nyumbi. <laughs> and it was about the blood. Yes, Mojami. It's a serious matter. Today, I want to bring you to this revelation. Because what is to the end that will tell you things that excite your mind and you don't participate with him? What is the end? You must be close to him. You, must, you and Jesus must be like this. Inseparable. They must not see Jesus somewhere you're not there. 
It means when angels see Jesus coming, they will ask you, where, where is he? When you do you appear, people will ask you, where is Jesus? That's how it should be. Sunday morning, we go to Lord's Supper. And you have a man for If you have what tower we are so a member, why you say a member? Now we say, Bemma, Kentinka, and say, Bunichi say, because table no, a better than Ananias. And this is why you're stiff. Oh, we, Mamma. Oh, we, Mamma. So you get life. May the Lord bring you a new light into his death. In fact, the whole of Christianity is about his death and resurrection. Because Romans 4.25 said, He was delivered because of our sins, but was raised for our justification. So our sins killed him. But so that he would justify us, he had to resurrect. He didn't stay in the tomb like Elijah. He didn't stay in the tomb like Muhammad. He didn't stay in the tomb like Buddha. He had to resurrect so he can be justified. You know why? Of a truth, a testament is not of full force till there is the death of the testator. But Jesus didn't die intestate. He died living a testament. But the blessed thing is, he resurrected as the executor of the will. So he didn't just die and gave us a will. He himself woke up and showed us what is in the will and how it can be accessed. You don't like this one? This is what you have to think about when you wake up in the morning. Anything to complain about. When you remember this, you start smiling. What a life. What a life. Wave your hands to Jesus Christ.
Hallelujah. You see, the wind bloweth wherever it listeth, so are they that are led by the Spirit of God. And one of the greatest characterization of the prophetic is the leading of the Spirit. So anyone who calls himself a prophet must master the art of being led. Anyone who calls himself a prophet must master the art of being led. So sometimes prophets are highly unpredictable. The day you want him to laugh, he'll, smile, he'll, he'll be angry. The day you want him to be happy, that's when he will. So it's like prophets are always opposite the current. Because they are watchmen. Be jubilating, but they are seeing signs coming. Then because they have seen it ahead, when the trouble comes, they will start laughing. And you are wondering why you are laughing when there's calamity. Because they are watching distance. May God make us a prophetic generation. A generation that is motioned wholly by the Spirit of God. Because if we can follow him, we will see results. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to celebrate Bishop Isaiah Senior. It's such a job. Hallelujah. And I want us to celebrate Mommy Pearl. Our own mommy. Mommy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I can say with all confidence, I've gone to many churches. I have not seen people in their year group that love God like that. It's true. Yeah, then they are making notes. Oh, please, can you clap for the fishiness? And our G.O.s, can you slap your hands for Jesus? And give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. And can we celebrate my own brother, Pastor Isaiah, and his wife, Mama Rita? Amen. Praise the Lord. Slap your hands to Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. Ah, at least now you can hear what I have to say. The Holy Ghost said, when you are dancing, the weather will be fine where you can come. Are you here? Now, hear me now. There are some things God is going to do in the millions. And I want you to be positioned for it. I saw in a vision some people were part of a boat. Then when the waters were flowing in a certain direction and was shaking the boat, they said they would get down. But when they got down, they realized it, they, they didn't realize it was it was not land, it was ocean. So they jumped out of the boat without life jackets. Then all of a sudden, about 25 paces ahead, the thing that looked like a boat in the mighty ocean was beginning to change. And it was like they were modifying the boat into a mighty mega ship. Then the people who jumped out of the boat, who were wallowing in the storm of the waters, began to shout, help us. We were there when you started from shore. Why are you not remembering us? And the Lord said, these are the ones, if they are remembered in the flesh, will make the boat move from mega ship to a small canoe again. So it's a proverb to tell you that some people will beg to come back. Tell them we beg, stay where you are. 
Number two, as I was praying and I was about to come here, the Lord showed me a sign upon this place. And the restriction wrote, beginning of the golden years. Beginning of the golden years. Yes, even heaven has agreed to it. So there was a thunder in the heavens. <laughs> I believe the prophetic goes beyond calling names and numbers. We must be connoisseurs and orchestra conductors of what God is writing about a people and a nation and a season. Prophets are season announcers. So I believe the message God is bringing to us today is going to cause us to access something. And your mind will be blown like never before. Because the Lord took me to Kumasi and I was, I was praying. Then man of God, I saw your sister. Your sister. And when I saw her, I saw in the realm of the spirit, daddy, that a garment was released from heaven. And the Lord told me, he says that, let her expect this one from November onwards this year. A garment was released upon her. And I asked God, what meaneth this? He said, I have made her a prophetess. And very soon I will give her a microphone. And she will conduct and restructure even a work that has to do with the foundation in Kumasi. That's what I saw. Because God showed me. <laughs> you see, I told you, we don't always come like this. So sometimes allow us. And I thank God dominion allows me. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I see something coming. Too strong, too great. It cannot be stopped. Because he said in Acts chapter 15, he is coming to restore the tabernacle of David again. He will set them in priestly courses. They will begin to restore worship to the house of God. And the word of God and the music of God will go to the nations, even to Edom. And I'm going to establish them, the foundations of God, one more time. Because before the great advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, the tabernacle of David must be established again. And there are few people God can use for such an assignment. I pray that dominion will position themselves for this action. Because if he, Jehovah, has said, beginning of the golden years, then we are entering the standard of God. God is opening a door to enter the operations of divinity. I prophesy over your life. May the Lord consecrate you according to his pattern. And make you worthy to carry the burden in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we our team is in Him, with Him, and by Him. Say in Him. Say with Him. And what? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Today I will show you in this preaching. Why so many of you have received prophecies and it's still hanging and has not manifested? I will make you understand that you don't have a problem. Your problem is understanding. So I will make you understand that you need to understand. 
and then you understand it, you realize that understanding has eyes. So it must be enlightened. Some of you, your understanding has lost its eyes. Others too, it, is, it has eyes, but there's no sufficient light. So you can't see well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say what you want to say, Lord. Free course. Do what you want to do, Lord. Free course. Expand this place. Let the foundations be rectified. Let there be a digging again. Let there be a lifting again. Let those ten locations be activated. <laughs> ten satisfied churches in one year. Ten in one year. Ten in one year. Ten in one year. Ten. Abaya baya belu baria bel baria bekala. wrestling with you, the Lord is going to reduce their strength. Someone is doing tag of war with you. I'll send me a text. Hey, Paul, this year you didn't teach at all. Let me try and teach. Let me try. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll try, okay. I need to share something with you. I know it won't be too long. Because today, Pastor was shocked that I closed at four. Yeah, so I know I'm in a certain. It's called managing the anointing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But say, Tepa Soswa, it's raining. Where are you going? Where are you going? It's raining. Are you salt? Let's, let's, this is what Peter said. He said, let us build a tent. I don't know where he was going to get the materials, but he looked at Jesus and said, let's build three tents. 
and abide here. Let's forget the nine disciples down there. They are struggling with demons. The Bible said they brought them. They, they couldn't do anything. They were saying, come out, come out. Peter said, forget them. Let's stay here. The three, we will build three tents and we will abide. At the year 12, we will say, forget the nine. We will stay with you here. <laughs> Hallelujah. In him, with him, by him. Now, I'm going to share something with you that's a little profound. The, 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 the level of its profoundness is not that it is a deep thing. It is unfortunate that, you know, in our attempt to allow Christ to be revealed, we veered into religion. Now, religion is man's attempt to reach God. But Christianity is God's full action that has reached you. So, in Christianity, it's not God's attempt. It is God's complete work that has already reached you. That's why in Christianity, it is based on acceptance. But religion, you have to try. So a lot of Christians are operating by the religious spirit. And there's something about the religious spirit. It moves from deeds and can become doctrine. He said, I know the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which you hate, as to the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. But by the time they got to Smyrna and Pergamos, the deeds had become a doctrine. I submit to you, a doctrine is a practice and a teaching that is merged together. So Jesus casted out devils and they marveled at his doctrine. So to practice a teaching is what Bible calls doctrine. So sometimes in the dogma explanation, dogma is church practices, church traditions that vary from denomination to denomination. But doctrine is the revelation of God's word and the practice thereof. That's why Acts 1, 1 said, the former treatises have I written unto you, O Theophilus, concerning all that Jesus both began to do and to teach. So what you are doing and teaching is called doctrine. So sometimes we have practiced a thing for a while, we begin to teach it. So in our teaching, we stray people from Messiah. Because you see, if the foundation of your salvation was believable, then the living of your salvation must be believable. If the salvation package came by a declaration, then your everyday living must be sustained by that declaration. But sometimes, we come in a certain way, like the Galatian church in Macedon. We start in the spirit, and we think the flesh can perfect us. But today I'll show you why that is a difficult life to take. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul, the apostle, wrote, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Can we read together once again? the son of God, who gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Now, what the scripture is trying to tell us is this, that there's a certain kind of life God has called us to. Now, contrary to popular belief, the Bible says that Abraham received a good report by faith. 
Abel received a good report by faith. Abraham, Noah, Sarah, all the patriarchs, Gideon, Barak, Samson, according to the verse number 38 and 39, they all received a good report by faith, but did not obtain the promise. And the reason they didn't obtain the promise was because God preserved for us something better so that they without us are not made perfect. So it means that chances are that you can be getting testimonies without the promise. You can be getting breakthrough without the promise. Because these people have got testimony, but they did not have the promise. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. They did not have the promise. Everything they were getting was good report, but the promise was absent. Why? Yet Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 1, 5 and 6. So that I will send you the promise of the Father. But you see, it's beyond the Holy Ghost coming. Because sometimes we think that the promise is just about the Holy Ghost. So we get lost in the tongues. We get lost in the rabababab, rabasotalababa. But beyond that, there's a what God is doing beyond tongues. And if you understand the package called the promise. If you understand the package called the promise. You will know something is going on in the spirit. A man ought to position himself in something that is very powerful. Lest it will be an unlikely transaction. That can create trouble in your life. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. Amen. So what am I talking about? He said, I am crucified. Say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. How can this be achieved? How can this be achieved? Ladies and gentlemen, the only way this can be achieved is on a certain parameter. And apparently, this thing that Paul is talking about has been God's method from the beginning. But you see, like he said, it was hid to the prophets, but has been revealed unto us in these days through his holy apostles. So there is something that was there, but it was hidden. Let me give you an example. Electricity was not manufactured. It was discovered. And the word discovery means that it has been in the earth since man now found it. So most of the things we are talking about discovery Electricity was not manufactured. It was discovered. Because it is outside generating life. Even when you comb your hair, the strokes on your hair causes your, your normal comb to be able to conduct a paper. It's called electrical current. Electromagnetic forces that are part of the component of electricity. Can we give God a hand? Lift your hands to Jesus. And just bless his name. Bless his name. Bala la la borama. Yen kobara basun kobo. Yamarama sun kakakabrata. Bless his name. Lift your voice up. Ela baba la la baba. Namike. Namike. Namika. Adiawaya. Ezo yamne. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. So Paul is now saying that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Please, are you here? Are you sure you're here? All right. So what God is now bringing our minds to is, he says there's a mystery. According to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9, there is a mystery of the fellowship that has been hidden in ages past, but has been revealed unto us in this present time. And Paul made a statement that was so profound that God has made him a steward of that mystery. And he is saying that the mystery was hidden. It means it was present, but he could not, no one could see. Moses did not know. All the apostles, not, nobody knew. God revealed it specially to Paul. So what Paul is going to show us in the scriptures is not something that is new. It has always been. It's just that we have not known it. Please, are you getting what I'm trying to say now? Okay. So having said this, how God created man, what God created man to be, could never, under any situation, Cause God and man to be separated. You see, the separation of man from God is beyond religion and it is beyond the matter of sin. The separation of man from God is highly connected to function. So the moment man was separated from God, what we call man now becomes flesh. 
because there's something that is making him mad and he's separated from it. So he's now called flesh. And the most annoying part was he is not just flesh, he is sinning. So they add an adjective, sinful flesh. Please, I'm really taking my time so you get this what I'm saying. Now, so then by this revelation, when Jesus came to the earth, he came to carry out some assignments. And one of it is this, that we need to be settled right now tonight. This is this, this uh, afternoon. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 17, he says, I did not come to condemn the law nor the prophets, but I came to fulfill it. In Matthew chapter 7, 5 verse 17, sorry. He said, I did not come to the law prophet, but I come to fulfill it. Fulfill means to fill it to the full. Say fill to the full. Say fill to the full. And he's talking about the law stuff. Yet verse 18 continues the story. Now, for verily I say unto you, till heaven or until or even to the most situation where heaven and earth has to pass away, there is not one jot, comma, or tittle, full stop, that shall in no wise pass from the law till it be what? 17 said what? I have not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. 18 says, if it is not fulfilled, then no jot or tittle will abide till heaven and earth pass away. But once it is fulfilled, it does not need to wait the passing of heaven and earth. I repeat. He said in verse 17, I have not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I am come to fulfill it. And to fulfill is to what? Feel full. But 18 now says, Heaven and earth shall not pass away, or till heaven and earth pass away, one comma or full stop shall in no wise pass away from the law till it what be fulfilled. So look at there are two tiers. One is till heaven and earth, and the second one is till all be fulfilled. So once you see two times of until until, it means one can happen and the other doesn't need to happen. So if it is not fulfilled, then heaven and earth will pass away and not a comma or a full stop will be deleted. But if it is fulfilled, then it does not need to wait the passing of heaven and earth. So what the scripture is simply telling you is this. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, Tetelestai, he fulfilled it. So the law was ushered. So by the time he said Tetelestai, that was the fulfilling of the law. So the law did not need to wait till heaven and earth pass away. Because he said, if heaven and earth is there, and it is not yet fulfilled, then it will abide. But if it is fulfilled, it does not need to wait the passing of heaven and earth. And Jesus did it on the cross. Now follow what I'm going to say right now. Now this case is a serious matter. And for which why the crucified life is a serious matter also. You see, when Paul was now writing his stories, he began to put us in a position where the church had to understand that we have received a better promise. And the promise was on a high grade 
beyond just the Holy Ghost. Because you see, when the Holy Ghost came to us, Paul said, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor had it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. But the Spirit has revealed it unto us. For no one knoweth what the man thinketh, save the spirit that's in the man. Likewise, no one knoweth what God thinketh, save the spirit of God. He said, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. It means the promise that came to us was not the end. So many Christians think that when the Holy Ghost comes, that's the end. No! He's the, look, it is through the promise that we access the promises. So it's like the Holy Ghost saying, he came to do a work. He didn't just come and be with you. But a lot of times Christians think that when the Bible says promise, promise, it's just the Holy Ghost. No, it's the Holy Ghost and the other things that he will lead you to. That's what scripture calls the promise. Now follow me. Follow me. When now, these did not receive the promise, though they had received good report. Paul now was talking a lot because you see, by the time he was in Galatians, there was a problem in Philippi and there was a problem in Galatia. The Galatians had gone through the similar thing that he said, men have kept him unawares to spy out our liberty. These are people who were Judaic Christians who had entered the church and they were even demanding in chapter 2 and chapter 3 that Timothy, I'm sorry, Titus should be circumcised. But Paul said in Acts chapter 16 verse 3, he, Paul, circumcised Timothy personally. Can you imagine? That he circumcised Timothy. He said, I circumcised Timothy personally. That's what he said. He said, he, he said, and took and circumcised him because the Jews were in those quarters. So Paul is the one who personally circumcised Timothy. And they were bringing the matter on Titus. He said, no, I can't, I can't continue this kind of nonsense. Because you see, they are born again. So he says in Galatians 5 verse 1, they should stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has given them. And they should not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But when he was saying all these things, there were people who had kept him unawares. In fact, at that time, these Judean Christians were even accusing Paul that he was not part of the twelve. You see, sometimes you have to look at the tense by which these people write what they write. So you can understand what they were dealing with. That's why they had to talk the way they talk. In Galatians 1.1, he had to now explain why he was called the way he was called. He said, when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal Jesus Christ. So he was trying to tell those people that, listen, it's true that I was not part of the twelve, but God chose me in my mother's womb to become an apostle from the beginning. To validate his office so he can communicate what he wants to tell them. Then he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, the life I now live, I live by the word, faith of the Son of God. Look at what the next verse says. This is what I want you to see. Let's read together. Let's read together. So let's start again. Hold it. Grace is unmerited favor. But do you know you can frustrate it? There are certain things you do that frustrates grace. I want to show you something in Hebrews. And you will see another word, another thing that the apostle was talking about when it comes to grace. Some people think we are in grace, we are in grace, so they can do anything. That's why he just said, 
you can frustrate grace. You can make grace frustrated. Every day you are sinning, I mean, you are frustrated. Grace is frustrated. Hmm. I'll show you another one. Can I? Are you sure? Jesus has made the way for us. So Jesus has made the way for us. Hallelujah. Now see what the scripture says. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When Paul was writing the book of Hebrews, he said, lest a root of bitterness be found in you. And when that root of bitterness is found in you, he said, ye fail of the grace of God. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Find that scripture for you. Okay. Chapter 12, verse 15. You are there. Hebrews 12, 15. Look what it says. Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail, so you can fail of grace. Can you imagine that you are receiving something you don't deserve and you are failing to receive what you don't deserve? You don't have to do anything to receive it all. But you are doing something to fail to receive what you don't have to do anything to receive. That's how serious it is. So when we say grace, grace, it's, we don't joke with this matter called grace. It's an engine for faith. He said, first of all, it's of faith that it might be of grace. So it's an engine. He said, it is of faith that it might be by grace. It means that it is of faith means that it will come to you by faith or it's the means by which you are going to access this thing. You see, when he uses the preposition of and by, by is the method. Of is the component. So it is of faith that it might be by grace. It means that, I'm kept to announce something to you. And we'll get into the things I want to say. Grace is not your access point. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and have access into this grace wherein we stand. So, he says, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace. So it means that grace is not what gives you access. It is faith. Hear this. So when you talk about faith, I'm bringing this to practical terms because I, I want to end at a different place. Not where, you know, Paul was talking about. I want to end somewhere. Faith. When they say have faith or have the faith of God, faith does not produce the bucket. This basket I'm holding, Faith does not produce it. It is the reason why a lot of people's faith don't work. Because they are trying to make faith their manufacturer. But faith is not a manufacturer. He said, by whom also we have access by faith. So faith does not manufacture. Faith gives you access. Let me repeat it. Sometimes somebody is praying. Lord, by faith, I receive my healing. Lord, by faith, I walk in my health. So as they are praying by faith, by faith, what they are trying to say is this, that God has not healed them yet. So they are using their faith to create healing. That's why a lot of people's faith don't work. Because faith does not create. Faith accesses what has already been created. 
And what created it? He said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is grace that creates. Grace is the manufacturer. Faith is the accessor. So anytime you are praying for your healing and you pray with the mind that it is not there and you are now come to produce it, you will never get it. Because you and all your unrighteousness cannot produce the type of healing you are looking for. Anytime you are praying for a financial breakthrough and you are like, by faith, by faith. That's why sometimes faith can become law. Can I announce to you? Anytime you are doing faith, faith, I need faith. I have to have faith. You are in works. You are not in faith. Because faith works by grace. Oh, let me give you. The father of faith is called Abraham. And Galatians 4, from 27 down to 29, speaks of Jerusalem, which is above. Is the mother of us all, Sarah. She gendered to grace, which is the promise. So Abraham stands for faith. Sarah stands for grace. And Pharaoh and Abimelech stands for Satan. He's always trying to divorce them. Because if you divorce faith from grace, you will never ap appreciate laughter. Isaac will never show up in your life. So some people like, they're in faith, they're in faith, but they don't look like they're in faith. They look stressed in faith. Because faith that is not married to grace is stressful. So faith must be, Abraham must be married to Sarah. No wonder Pharaoh and Abimelech want to divorce them. Oh, something will happen to you today. Yeah. Look, the day I saw this thing, I realized that I, there are so many things I don't need to pray about again. Oh, yes. So I was like, what, what do you mean? Ah, no. When I said so many things, there are so many things you don't need to pray about. There are other things you have not even prayed about before that you should be praying about. Do you hear Jesus' prayer? Not my will. Your will be done. The man, the man didn't go to pray for bread and butter. In fact, can I announce to you, prayer is not designed for you to ask God questions. Prayer is designed for you to fulfill his heart's desire. No, contrary to what you know, because if it was so, it is called the law of priority. He will not give us a model prayer that starts with his needs first. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. His name number one. Thy kingdom come. His kingdom number two. His will be done. Number three. Before you can ask, give us this day. So God didn't design prayer for you to come and ask what you want. God designed prayer for you to come and satisfy what he wants. Then he can do what you are looking for. That's why a lot of people do. I have a, I have a God, you must satisfy God. He wants yours. See, I've been advised though. That's why today I'm taking my time because what I want to tell you is a little bit different. So I'm taking my time to get you to this place so that when I hit that button and I start going cha 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 cha, I've gone slow, small. You understand? Prophet, I'm there. Don't worry. I shall have power. Now, what is happening is also awful. Now, the moment man was created, Bible says man was covered by God's glory. And in the garden, it was after man ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that he became naked. And God asked him, who told you you are naked? Have you eaten? Because he knew the participation of that fruit would determine what will now cover him. Now follow me. 
Adam in the garden was covered by glory. In fact, let me put it this way. Before the fall, Adam, like all the creatures, had his clothing coming from inside him. The goat does not wear a dress. It grows the dress from inside it. So the hair of the goat, the fur of the bear, the lion skin, it comes from inside the lion to cover it. But the fall made man lose it. So man began to sew dress. This is a product of fig leaves. Man's effort. That's why it fades. Because like leaves, they dry. You have to keep changing. Treason. Now, suffer. When Adam now fell short of the glory of God, God put two cherubims of glory at the entrance of the garden to guide the way to the tree. And a flaming sword that spinning every direction. To protect the tree of life. Because you see, his name is not just agape. The Hebrew word for it goes beyond just agape. Now, of course, that's a different word. But in the Greek, it's beyond agape. It is called agapao. And agapao is benevolence. That is rendered even to the point of prevention. It means God loves you to the point where whatever you will do that will prevent him from getting access to you, he will prevent you from having it. So the tree of life was protected not as punishment. It was protected as man's solution in the future. But look at this. Look at this. The moment Adam fell short of God's glory, something happened to Adam. And the scriptures now began to explain a whole lot of things to us in the subsidiary verses and all that. Because we didn't understand that the whole thing that was happening in the garden had a certain man in mind. Now, Jesus was the one by means of whom all creation happened. Colossians 1.15 says that he's the image of God. So when God said, let us create a man in our own image, he was talking about Jesus Christ. If you want to see the Godhead, his face is Jesus Christ. If you want to mention the name of the Godhead, his name is Jesus Christ. So when you say Jesus Christ, the Father answers to it. Don't get lost because his name also shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. Who is the Holy Ghost? The Counselor. So Jesus is also the Counselor. At the same time, he's the Mighty God, the Elgi Ball. At the same time, those who are struggling with that, he's also the Everlasting Father. So Jesus is also the Everlasting Father. So what I'm trying to tell you is this. I'm not denying the triunity of God, but I'm trying to explain to you the function of the triunity of God. God is three persons. He is the Holy Christ God. But in his function, he functions as a singular verb, Jesus. So he's three persons, but they function and answer to one name. This mystery is too profound, but let's not go there. Let's move forward. Now, in moving forward, we see something about Adam and how Adam lived his life. And why in him, with him, and by him is important. Notice when he said all things were created. In Colossians 1.15, put it there. Good. He says, who is the image of, every, of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Mark this. Let's go to Genesis 1. 
Verse 20. Genesis 1.20. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Next. Verse 21. And God created the great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. But look at something. And every wind fowl after his kind. 22. And God bless them. He said, multiply, fill the earth, fill the seas. Next, 23. I'll show you something again. The fifth day, sixth day, 24. And the Lord God said, 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after his kind. So the sky is giving masculine pronouns. The earth is supposed to be a female, as I say, it's called a he. So the his there is not talking about the earth. So the earth is bringing forth creatures, not according to the X kind, after his kind. Who is his kind? The firstborn of creation. It means that even the beasts, the lions, the serpents, all of them are taking their appearance from Jesus Christ. Because that's what he's saying here. His kind. The eagles, the cormorants, the, the, the sparrows, the parrots, they are after Jesus' kind. I want to show you something. Please follow me. Because what is happening in the spirit is this. He is not just the image of the invisible God. He is the stamp of everything that is created. So everything that is created will look like Jesus. Because he's not producing the animals after it. He uses his. So the lion has its appearance because of the lion of Judah. So the Lion of Judah is not a commemorative title like men do. He was already a... Because then tell me, when did God create the four living creatures? In the angelic order. So before creatures came on the earth, there were angels who looked like a man, who looked like an ox, who looked like an eagle, and who looked like a lion already before the earth. So it means there was a picture of man in the cherubs before man was formed in the earth. So I'm trying to tell you something. What you see on Genesis 1 is not God formulating something. It's God revealing what was hidden. It was in a certain realm. So the design for lion was there. The design for ox was already there. Otherwise, then it means God created a lion before he created the four living creatures. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. Now I'm giving you some pictures right now because what I want to say 
It's so heavy at the same time. If it's so simple, your life will be at peace. No, no, so that's why I'm doing this with you. I'm telling you. The reason why Paul said I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of God. And he said that if I don't live this crucified life, I frustrate grace. A lot of you are living a life that is frustrating God's grace. The word frustrate is the word to nullify and neutralize. It means God has sent you grace, energy, strength. But there's an action and attitude that is neutralizing it. Anytime you don't work in crucifixion, you are neutralizing grace. Anytime you're flat, oh my God. Oh, That's why many Christians eh, are walking as if they are not born again. But grace has been commended. Because while you were yet without strength, God sent his love to you. Yet, there is something you are doing that is neutralizing it. It is rendering it impotent. Do not neutralize. Zero, zero. It, it cancels out. Five goes into ten, two times. That's what you are doing. You are, you are canceling out things. Multiplication table. Division by labor. You are cutting, cutting. By the time you realize you are left to zero. So there is no grace available. That's the word for state grace. To nullify, to neutralize, to reduce to zero. So that grace is with you, but grace has no power. <laughs> A man of God, the day I saw what God was trying to show, man, 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 I was moved. The day I saw what God was trying to show, ba la la ba ria talaba. I was moved. You know what he said? And we're buried together with him. And we're raised together with him by the faith of the operation of God. It means that God went on a special operation. In fact, the word operation they're working also speaks of military advancement. God went on a special ops. By burying us with him. By raising us with him. And he did it by being buried. According to Colossians 2.12, we are buried together with him in baptism and raised with him. By the faith sir, of the operation of God. Because you saw it, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, it said, nevertheless, the dimness, which was a vexation when once upon a time, he did afflict the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. He said to them, Ye land that dwells beyond the Galilee of the Gentiles, great light has dawned upon you. And he says, Every great battle is fought with the warrior, having confused noise and his vesture dipped in blood. Then he comes to tell us what battle he's fighting. For God to give birth to a child. And for a son, because look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5. Look at that. Isaiah 9, 5. Look at that. Look at Isaiah 9, 5. He said, for every battle of a warrior is fought with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. Jesus' garment was rolled in blood. Jesus screamed, Eloi, Eloi. That is why he, at the cross, they didn't know, they, he was speaking Hebrew. But they didn't know what he was saying. They said he called it Elias. Because it was a confused noise. Six is a popular scripture. But we don't know the birth of a child was war. No wonder when he came, Herod got angry. And all children under two years were murdered. It was war. Jesus' coming was war. Hmm. It was a special operation, sir. But the operation was that Satan thought that man who was physical was enough. 
Because the Bible says, had they known the princes of this world and their vanishing and destroying palace, had they known whom they were crucifying, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Because in their head, they are killing one man, but they didn't know we were in him. Ah. When the work was going on. <laughs> oh, I wish you can understand this story. Because the day you get it, you understand that there's nothing you can do in this life that will be meaningful. That is not in him, with him, and by him. No wonder in Acts 17, it says, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Can I announce to you, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, are you there? 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. He said, Christ our Passover, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Look at it. Christ our Passover, First Corinthians chapter 5. Uh-huh. Did he say Passover lamb? No, let's read together. There's no lamb there. We have been adding lamb. There's no lamb there. Jesus is the entire Passover. So Jesus is the lamb that was slain. He was the bitter leaf that was eaten. He himself was the unleavened bread, bread without corruption. At the same time too, he was the lentil that had the blood. Because if you understand how the lentil was painted, it painted the cross. He said, put it at the doorpost. So they drop it here. Put it at the side. They drop it here. Put it at the side. They drop it here. Now we are wondering how is this going to be a cross? The one that was coming here. fall on the ground. So by the time you realize, the one on the doorpost is dripping sideways, but the one at the top is falling at the feet. And the cross is formed in the door. So when he said, I'm the door, he knew what he was talking about. I'm the door into the house that you must live in. What am I trying to say? Jesus is not just the lamb they ate. He is also the house they were staying in to be protected from the destroying angel. And this is what I want to show you today, with him and in him. It's a serious dynamic. Because if you can get this dynamic, you appreciate why you need to be with him. Mm. Man of God, the crucified life has been since. Because when I was trying to find out, I said, God, show me. He said, do you know when the day of Pentecost was come? Acts chapter 2, the verse number 1. Acts chapter 2, the verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Next. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house. Now, my problem here is the anointing was not for a building. So, why fill the house first? Why fill the house first? There's a song we used to sing in Sunday school. My God is so big. He's so what? Sunday school, I didn't pay attention like that. How about we spot the song right now? My God is so big. I was coming to say, He's so white and so large. <laughs> If you know who God is, eh, you understand why. Jesus said, I in them, but they in us. Else they can't be one. 
not as apropos. He didn't say that way. Look, go John chapter 17. Oh, le, 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 me, and throw your salad. I think, I think, I think, I think number 23. I think number 23 is there. John 17, 23. Look at something. Hmm. He says, I in them, thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world might know that I've sent them. So why is he saying, sir, that I'm in them and you are also in me? So it's like, we are creating something that is unique. And this is what we call the organic unity of our Christian salvation. Jesus does not just enter us. water in this bucket, what happens? You go to the sea, isn't it? But you know the funny thing about fetching seawater? The bucket thinks it contains the seawater. But before it can contain the seawater, the seawater contains the bucket. So when I go to the seawater and stream or river, I have to put the bucket in the water first before I push it down. So that what is in the ocean or the river can enter the bucket. So the reason why God can be in you is because God is around you. That's why he has to fill the house first. Because if he comes into the people first, they will blast. So he has to create an external environment that is controlled for what is coming on them. Otherwise, they will explode. Now Solomon was praying after temple dedication and said, God, the heavens of the heavens cannot contain you. Solomon said that in 1 Kings 8, he said the heavens of the heavens cannot contain thee. How much more this temple? So Solomon knew that heaven can contain God. Is it we? Is it you? But the shocking thing is that this is what I'm trying to bring a, a certain very powerful paradigm so we understand this. When Adam was in the garden, According to what John chapter 17, 5 said, glorify thou me. Even with your own self. With the glory. So he's mentioning your own self, which is the glory I had with you before the foundations of the world. So he's saying in John 17, 5, that God's own self is glory. That means that for Adam to walk with God, he must be clothed with God. Because we all said in our description that Adam's dress was glory. But we think glory is an aspect of God. But we don't realize it's all of God. So it means that what Adam wears is God. So he can talk to God. I told you to get here. That's why I've been doing this seesaw with you. I know to get here. And I know it's not something you really thought about. But so the day I saw it, I, my heart. So he said, all have sinned and fallen short of glory. All have sinned and fallen short of glory. Glory is our dress. Glory is our attire. 
Because the Bible said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can we go together? I want to go. So as I speak right now, when we say in him, it's not just locatory. It is the mental. You are wearing Jesus as a dress. Jesus is your dress. This is the reason why angels respect us. Because when you show up, they can't tell who is standing there. Because you are wearing Jesus. And because you are wearing Jesus, the Holy Ghost can be comfortable in you. Because every spirit, Matthew 12 said, must find a suitable place. Then it will come back. So it means that spirits dwell with people and in people. When the environment of the people or with the people is as conducive as the hell they came from. The same way the Holy Ghost can be in you. When inside you is like the heaven they came from. That's why he has to set eternity in your heart. He has to make your heart heaven. So he can be comfortable there. Then he's not under pressure to leave. And the only way to do this you will explode without wearing the garment. It's like, it's like going to do fire service and not wearing proper apparel. This is why Paul is saying that the moment you don't understand the principle of the crucified life, of wearing Christ and moving with Christ everywhere, you frustrate grace. You cannot wield the strength of God as a mere man. First Corinthians chapter, uh, First Chronicles fifteen, I think chapter verse sixteen, verse sixteen. First Chronicles fifteen sixteen. Uh huh. Can we go down? Seventeen, eighteen. Go back to thirteen. I think it's at thirteen. What I want to say. Okay, next fourteen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 15. Aha. Aha. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders. Verse 16. I'm finding the part. I think it's is it 18 or 19 or so. I'm trying to remember it of her. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just go again. Go. Keep going. La la ba ba la ba ba. Next, go. Go again. Please, can you speak in the language of the Spirit? I want to show you something very powerful. It's here. Yeah. Okay. So go back to 12. Go back to 12. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Let me find it and come back. Sandole de Akarabasana, Nemara Masundaya, Lalabasandoyas, Lakunda Labasandoyas. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Namana Moshanda Mana Maha, Malama Janko Telebesandoyas, 
Thank you, Lord. Zendo Boshka Lalabaha. Mambala Prakayazada. Kemalabama Sondaya. Verse 26, sorry. Verse 26, I want to show something with me. Verse 26. Can we together want to go? Now, can, I, can I ask you a question? What does it mean for God to help them? There are four guys carrying the ark. Why must God help them again? Because what they were carrying was not a normal weight. And God had to help them. What I'm trying to say is this. The ark of the covenant speaks of the presence of God. You cannot carry God without God helping you to carry him. No, that's what he's saying. The ark is God's presence. He said God had to help them to help. So you are carrying God. You think you are helping God. But actually it's God helping you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Uzzah thought he was going to help God. And God struck him. But these guys are carrying the, the ark. And it looks like when you move with the ark, you are rather helping God to move. But in reality, God is helping you to be able to help him. Why am I saying all I'm saying? And it's coming to this place about the life with him. If you don't realize that, God is in you. Firstly, and before he's in you, it's because you are in him. And if you are in him, he's around you, but moving forward, he comes out of you to be with you. I'm coming again. I'm coming again. Because you see, First John, chapter 3. Verse 1. First John 3 1. Seleka Barabatoyosa. First John 3 1. Uh huh. First John 3 1. Beloved, what manner of love? Lekola Bashabala. First John chapter 3, the verse 1. Lekabalaba. Can we speak in the language of the Spirit? What manner of love has the Father bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God? Therefore, the world knoweth him not, because it knew him not. Knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Next verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we shall, he shall appear. So God is appearing. He said we shall be like him. We will also be like him. So it means Jesus is standing on the clouds. And Jesus will be standing in us. Jesus is standing on the clouds and Jesus is standing in us. So what is happening is this. We are seated in him. But at the judgment in the new Jerusalem we will be seated with him. Because right now the spirit is in the church. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. But one day the spirit will leave the church and stand beside the church so that the spirit and the bride will say come. 
market master with you realizing that you were Jesus. He didn't design your life to be outside your garment. The moment you go there, you know what it means? I am eating a tree. The problem with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not what it couldn't do or could do. Because what Lucifer said it would do is what it did. You will be like God. Lucifer said, Adam has become like one of us. So Lucifer didn't lie. But the problem was sad. He was not wearing the Lord to do it. That is why he fell short. And he frustrated great. Because he removed Jesus and did it on his own. There are many things that you are struggling with as addictions and sins because you have removed Jesus and you are doing it on your own. You are exposed. There's no way you wear Jesus and anybody will find you last time. If you can last after Jesus, then fine. You can try me. Because I'm wearing him. <laughs> The solution to life crisis is to wear Christ. When you wear him long enough, your presence and his is consumed as twins. He will now start walking by your side. Then now you are with him. So he is coming in the cloud. And we also come, he is coming out of us at the same time. He said, when we shall see him, then we also will look like him. So it means when you stand at far, Jesus will be looking at Jesus. Because my little children, I travel in bed till Christ is formed in me. So we come to the measure of the perfect man, the stature of the perfect man. So in other words, on that day in heaven, there will be many Jesuses there. It means when you lift your head and look, so many Jesuses. You can't tell who is who. Because you know some, something. In the days of Jesus, there was the physical representation. It was so serious that even when Jesus said, I am he, Judas has to still kiss him before they trust it. Because when they got there, the disciples all have dressed like Jesus. They look like him. Because you see, why won't it be easy to see the man who does the miracle? be easy for you to see the one who has been preaching all this while, but they have all worn the white dress with a red robe. You see, the movies don't do well, because if you check what the midrash, the rabbi's teaching is, you walk in the footsteps of your rabbi. You eat what he eats, you sleep where he sleeps, so that they said, they knew Peter, that he has not gone to school, but he has been with Christ. So it was not his education. Neither was it his boldness. It means there was a dress code. It means how Jesus dressed, they have dressed like that. How Jesus walks, they have walked like that. In fact, the rabbis believe that when you put disciples in a town square and you put the rabbis in another room, you can go to the town square and fish every rabbi's student in the town square. Because if this rabbi wears pink, the students wear pink. That's why I said the goal of discipleship is to be like the master. Master in every way. How he sleeps, how he talks everywhere. That's why the early church when they wanted to accredit your authority in the church they will ask you, were you with him? They will ask you, were you with him? 
So anyone who was with the Lord, they give you high respect. Because you were with him. You know his ways. Hmm. It's a very simple thing but profound. Where Jesus, he's your garment. You are baptized with him. You are baptized with him. Who has an envelope here? Give it to me. And go to Romans chapter 6, the verse number 1. Who has an envelope? Empty envelope, please. Empty envelope. Yes, mommy. Thank you, mommy. This is an empty envelope. Are we here together? Praise the Lord. Wave your hands to Jesus Christ. Can I get that paper, sir? Come on, God, let me use your pen. Can the Bible say, what shall we say then? Should we continue in sin because grace abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of you that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And the word baptize is the word baptizo, which is to immerse or to envelope in. Is to immerse or to envelope in. So what it means to say is this. The moment I put this envelope here and I put this note and the pen here. Can you see the pen? Can you see the pen? Can you see the pen? So what is going on now is this. You cannot see the pen and all you can see is Christ. At this level, the pen does not need personal identity. And when the pen does not need identity, whatever you do to the envelope, you have done to the pen. So when you say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus is a veil that activates what you are already wearing. Because actually the literal says, do it because of Jesus' sake. So a suffer this thing, if it is Jesus who envelopes it, your life is hid with God in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. There's another dimension I'm coming to. The with him dimension. So there is indeed dimension. And there is with him dimension. With him is the place of maturity. After you have, ab you have abode in him. If you don't practice in him, with him will be difficult. Because with him means that you have come to the measure of the stature. You can walk when he walks. You can pace when you pace. You can run when he runs. can't find anything but it's caught up in this envelope. That's what baptism did to you. In fact, scripture calls it buried together with him in baptism. And the word together there is sumfutos, which means to say whatever happens to the envelope happened to us. So if Jesus was beaten, we were beaten. If Jesus died, then it means we have already died. Yeah. We have been passed from death to life. It's passed. Look, if you know these things, then you will not be afraid again. of you by now, eh, you should be ready for any nonsense the doctor will tell you and say, listen, where we have come to, we can live with things and we'll still pass hundreds. We have immortality. Immortality can subdue it. We don't deny that it's not there. It's there. I told you, faith is not faith is not what you, it's not the magic, magic things you'll be doing. Eh? Faith is not magic. It's accessing what's available. So the moment you bury it like this, eh? Whatever happens to this envelope has happened to its contents. That's why when you stain an envelope, 
No, automatically, what is inside is also stale. It's stale. You are man, though. You are enveloped in him. Live that life where you are enveloped in him. Adam's problem was that Adam came out of the envelope. Adam came out. And since then, we have been a shadow of ourselves because we are living outside the envelope. And he said, this is frustrating grace. The grace of God is beckoning all men. But you too say you won't envelope yourself. So grace is available, but you are not enraptured in it. Where Jesus? Where Jesus? That's why he said, let all men lift up hands. Some of you don't know what hands lifting does. Garments That's why I said without reasoning. You don't need to understand it. Just lift it. All of a sudden you are wearing it. This is even higher than clapping. Sometimes when you are preaching, don't clap. Just lift your hands together. And tell Jesus that, Lord, what is coming? Let me wear it. Let me wear it. Let me wear it. By the time you rise up, you are in him. You are in him. You are walking in his life. And the more I do this and I practice it, it comes out of me. And the only way he will show up out of me is when I've increased in intimacy with him. Because once he's not around, he's in me. But once he comes around, he comes out of me. And we are working together. And with him means this. There's nothing on earth I'm permitted to do outside him. Paul said, in the prison of Nero, about to die. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. I, Paul, beseech you as the prisoner of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means Paul is saying that Jesus has determined my space. Jesus has determined my time. Jesus has determined what I eat. Because I'm not Rome's prisoner. I am Jesus' prisoner. That's what that scripture means. I am the prisoner of the Lord, not the prisoner of Rome. Your life must be like that. And I'll end with the practice of this life that enhances us to come out in graduation from in him to with him. That is the realm, my dear. The day you walk into a room, people will ask you, where is Jesus? Because they know the two of you are inseparable. And once in a while, Jesus will not show up. And they will think you are Jesus. And when you show up there, the things Jesus will do when he comes, you will do when you show up. Because you and Jesus, your presence has so merged. Even demons mistaking who is who. That's the realm you can get to like Archbishop Benson Gahosa. And you say, God will not handle this one. I will do it. You don't need God for this one. You say, even God comes for you, say, you are right. God won't do it. I will stop you. How can I make this happen? So how can I make this happen? It's a very simple thing. It's not difficult. Let my life be a testimony let my life be testimony wake up in the morning, you're not praying for power. Can I tell you something? Pastor said something many years ago when I met him. He said, 
You don't need to pray for anointing to increase. Stay with the anointing. You have auto upgrade. There's something called auto upgrade. There are some people they don't pray for anointing, but they are always increasing in God. That's, you don't need a lot of prayers. That's why I said that when you get into this revelation, some prayers you stop praying it. You just have to work with God. It will auto upgrade. Because sometimes if you're not careful, you are praying for an anointing that is casual. Yeah, so I was also I was at a, a, one of my mentors' uh, seventh anniversary, and I met Bishop Takiabo, and he said, "Ah, do I know you from somewhere?" I said, "Yes, Pastor." I said, "I'm looking for you." He said, "Are ah, you? You have been terrorizing and scaring people on Facebook." And I said, "Oh, sir." He said, "The things you teach, I like it, but you see, this generation they don't like those messages. There's a problem in the church, oh." If I kept preaching about power, people will be standing left, right, left, center. But the one that is simple, that does not require you to do a lot. You just wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, I wear you. Let's go to the office now. And you just walk like that, comfortably. They don't like that one. And you don't realize that this is the one that does not expire. Power will expire. You have to go and do another 40 days. You have to go and do another waiting for another power. Because you're always feeling something. God showed me a trick. He said, you see, when you put a bucket at the tap, you experience overflow. If you close the tap, the water will be dirty. Even if you don't put dirt on it. So it means lack of overflow will automatically lead to stillness. If I put on the tap, even after 20 years, the water will be fresh. Because it's running over. It's replacing the dead one with new water. In case I also move the water, the bucket, away from the tap that is flowing, and I put it aside, without fetching it, evaporation, sunlight, will reduce it. So the reason why anointing keeps reducing is because you are not connected to constant flow. The reason why sometimes you feel dry and depressed is because you are not connected to the tap. You are always away. Look, it is spiritual pride to think God will anoint you so that you go and do it without him. God never anoints you so you do it without him. He didn't anoint the priests so they will carry it without him. God anointed the Levites. And he told David, do it according to the due order. So you are, they are anointed for the work. Yet in their anointed capacity, God still has to help them. That's why the older you get in God, no matter how many times you have preached a message, when you hold the mic, you are asking for mercy. God, give me grace so that I can bear it. Because the ark is heavy. I am anointed for it. Yet in my anointing, I still need help. The day I think I don't need help, that's when the thing will start collapsing on me. And I will not understand why I feel depressed in the ministry. How can you be dishing out the Holy Ghost and you are feeling depressed? It tells you the kind of garment you are wearing. You are wearing the garments of Joshua. It is filthy. You must throw it away. You must wear the garments of Christ. Christ my garment. Christ my overall coat. When I wake up in the morning, I wear Jesus. Let that demon show up. He will come and meet Jesus' face on my face. That one, you don't need to pray. You just wake up and smile. Hello. The demon will go back. I showed them a clip in church recently. And a girl was casting out devils. He said, I cast you. He said, because of the anointing of my father, I cast you out. The demon said, if your father is anointed, it's not you. And the demon was counseling the girl. He said, go and pray. Oh, pray harder. Pray harder. He said, when you pray harder, I'll go. <laughs> But he said, I command the fire of God to come over you. He said, it's cold over here. It's cold. That's what the demon was talking. 
see, when you are not clothed with Jesus Christ, demons can have such nonsense discussions. So one day I was doing a service in church, and a person began to manifest. I won't go. And they were trying to punch one of my ushers. I said, Let her come. You go where? In the name of Jesus. Get her. He said, We dare. The demon said, No, please. See, the demon said, No, no, with the ushers. When he brought me, he added, Please, no, please. He knew. I say you make the mistake to come here. You see, you all can cast out devils, but you can't do it as yourself. You must wear Christ. They respect the Jesus you are wearing. You must wear. Beloved, I wish you can understand this. But let me try and see if you can understand it. In Matthew chapter 11, the verse number 28. The scripture says this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. So it means that when you come unto him, salvation, you find rest for your spirit. But many Christians don't have rest in their souls. Praise God. So there are two kinds of rest. The rest of your spirit and the rest of your soul. So you are born again, but you are still anxious. You are born again, but you are nervous. You are not sure of tomorrow because you have not learned of him. He didn't say that one, they give it to you. The first one, he said, just come and I will remove the load. But the second one, he said, come and learn. He's learning. For I am meek and lowly. Meekness is accepting God's allotment for your life. The moment you wear Jesus Christ, and that's what God, I mean, oh, Jesus, that's all God wanted from Adam. Wear me. You want to be like me? You already have it. Wear me. But Adam wanted to come out of God and do something. That's why you see, God was angry with Adam. And the only thing Jesus cares was his replacement. Jesus cares the fig tree because that was his replacement. Adam went to sow a fig. And the Bible said fig aprons. The Hebrew says fig panties. So he couldn't cover enough. He just covered their, their, their reproductive system. That's all. And that's what provoked God. Cry. Because what they had covered them head to toe. That's when Jesus saw the fig tree. Go and read it, Mark, Mark chapter uh, um, 11. You'll be shocked. The Bible says, and Jesus answered the tree. There's no proof. Go to Mark 11. There's no proof that the tree spoke, but Jesus answered it. Because it was answering a question that was being asked in the garden. He answered the tree. <laughs> Find it for me, Mark 11. See what he said. Go back to 13. Malala Bosha. And seeing a fig tree afar off, leaving, having leaves, he came happily, and he might find anything thereof. And when he came, he found nothing on the leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. Then look at what 14 said. And Jesus answered and said unto it. What did the tree ask Jesus? But Jesus answered it. It was talking to him. Because you see, 
The first attire was confronting the second attire. Fig leaves was trying to insult the new dress of man. Because fig leaves was what man wore the first time. Today, you understand why you have to learn to stay in his presence. And not because of the key song, but the song you can sing. And you tell God, bust me into what he meant. I'm telling you. Sometimes you need tears to cleanse your heart. Sometimes you need some tears to wash you clean so you can think well again. Some of you are not thinking well. Your thinking has gone off. You need tears to think well. something happening here. Usually, this was the principle of yoking animals. In yoking animals, you take an older ox and yoke it with a younger calf. So the bigger ox is yoked with the younger one. And the bigger one knows how to plow. It knows when to rest. It knows when to chew grass. But the younger one does not know any of this. So the way to train the younger calf in yoking is actually to yoke a smaller, young, inexperienced calf to an older oxen. So that's what happened. When you yoke it, now the cow or the calf goes on the field plowing. So the young one is forced because he wants to play. But because the older one is going, it is forced to also plow. When the older calf, the older ox wants to rest, the younger one is forced to also rest. In fact, if decision not to rest, is what scripture calls if nakedness. You see, the, the calf will be forced it, it will have a lock. And that's what scripture calls if nakedness. So, in other words, when God is trying to teach you by yoking and you are being stubborn because you stiff neck, you will suffer a twisted neck. And there's pain in it. So, how he said, learn of me is to wear the yoke. Can I announce to you your greatest freedom? is in being yoked to Christ. Your greatest freedom is to wear Jesus' yoke. Let Jesus yoke you. How you learn of him is not classes. That's why he said, how long shall I be with you? It means where I go, I will carry you there. How I talk to people, I will talk and you will hear me. What I say when I'm angry, you will hear it. So as the young calf, you are yoked to the Lord. So she's moving with you. By the time you realize, when Jesus leaves you, it's just a matter of time. The disciples don't need to be taught again. He says, he shall remind you. The things that are taught through the Holy Ghost will remind you. This is how to be with him. Your being with the Lord is tutelage. How do I do that? He's in you. And you must be with him. I wear him as a dress. The only way I will properly wear him as a dresser is when I have properly been with him. Because iron will sharpen iron. And the countenance of another man will sharpen my countenance. So as I move like that, something strange happens. I'm yoked to the Lord. The Lord says, let's turn right. I turn right. It is at this level, you don't go ahead and choose who you like and come and tell the Lord. It is what will produce stiff nakedness. Your neck will break very soon. 
humble. But if he's the one you are learning from, and you say, sir, this girl looks nice. Oh. What do you think? The ox will say, no, turn here. So all of a sudden, a young ox, you are following. You don't need an explanation for it, but you think. It's just a matter of time. You see, anyone who obeys the leading of the Spirit, without you finding the reason why you even obey, as a matter of proof, and in the matter of vindication, years will tell you that after all the turning away you turn from people, they became corrupted and you would have been in danger. But you didn't know the reason when you were turning your head at the time. That's how it is. Because when the yoke, the oak, the yoke, the ox is turning the yoke, he does not explain to the young one. He's just moving away. That's how. So after a while, you know what happens to you? You have no precedence to doubt something. But some way, somehow, you have learned the skill to know what to work and what to not work. Because all you had to do was when he turns, he turns. I am with him. So when we talk about with him, it's not just sitting in fellowship. I'm talking about the learning part. And the learning part is put the yoke. Put your neck in the yoke. When he has not moved, you don't move. Because if you are moving without him, stiff neck. And it will cause pain. What it means is this. Any decision you are doing without seeking his counsel and his experience, you are going to have a painful neck experience. It will be a pain if God has not intervened. You will need surgery. Change. What can I do? Wrong decision. I know you are want to invest your money. But the Holy Ghost, as soon as you get to the bank, he said no. Friends are doing technical job. After two months, you hear all your friends' investment has gone, and yours was kept. He didn't explain it because can I announce to you, God rewards obedience with explanation. If you don't obey, He will never explain. It is your mind that explains before you obey. Please, I wish I've said this thing many times to Christians, but they don't get it. Anytime you are looking for an explanation before you take an action, it's your mind talking. Anytime it is God talking, He will make you obey. Then he will show you why he asks you to do what you do. So anytime you are hearing from God, you say, Lord, why? He will say, do it. Lord, why? Here's one of the ways to test each spirit is talking to you. The devil will give you reasons. Your mind will give you reasons. Only God will not give you why. Because his only reason is obey. That's why sometimes God will tell you, go and stand by the street. In your mind, as a human, you expect to see a soul. But God said, I'm not teaching you how to win a soul. I'm teaching you how to obey nonsense instruction. So that when you're under pressure, you will not think twice and you escape a bullet. That's what soldiers go through. They train you foolishly so that when you get to the battlefront and your boss says, jump into the gutter, you don't ask why. You jump. Because without a war, you were jumping into gutter. Without a war, they'll say, slap somebody. Without a war, they'll say, fight your best friend. Without a war, they'll say, fall on the floor, crawl on your shoulders, and there's no war. But you are, you, are, you are bruising yourself so that the day there's a battle, when you hear a command, there is something in you that has been trained not to debate with strange instructions. That's why sometimes God will train you. And you are looking for immediate gratification. But it is a training for a day of unusual instruction. Go and take the water from the fridge. And you are like, will this water do anything? But God will tell you, I will train you many years so that you don't make the mistake of Neymar and talk rubbish and say there are better leaders in Damascus. I will tell you to clear your account and I will not explain why. And after 10 years, I'll tell you, you see the church you built, it came from the clearing of the account. And you'll be shocked the kind of things you have missed that you just disobeyed. 
if the church learns the principle of the yoke, there will be beauty and beauty, beauty in the church. When I was following my father at my early years, because I was a young ox, sometimes I'm concerned. He has not called me enough. He's having others who are special than me. I don't like the counsel he gave to a young ox. But wisdom will tell you, by as I learned, sir, he lifted his hand and said, the next time you question a father's instruction, the Holy Ghost showed me his face. He said, I will give you a conch, a strong-headed church. When you learn how to walk with the senior ox, that's the way you posture yourself. People will call you a fool, but time will vindicate you that you were wise. You walk in wisdom, and people will not understand that. I pray for you that in this conference, they are not just giving you revelation, but giving you practice. When you get home, tell the Lord, Lord, I've removed my neck from the yoke. That's why I'm confused. That's why I'm afraid. Can you imagine when you lie? He said, he naked me lie down in green pastures. Do you know what he means? The word naked means that he's supervising your lying down. He's ensuring you are in green pastures. He does not leave you there. You see, he leaves you beside still waters. Even that one, he's ahead. But he naked means that he will ensure and enforce that you lie down. So God is standing there, commanding your rest. No one I remember what the psalmist Christopher said. Lord is the light and the light of my life. Why should I be Lord is the light of my life and the light of my life. Why should I be afraid? I bear the spirit in my heart. His words upon my lips. Tell me why, why should I be afraid? The Lord is my light, the Lord is my light, and the light of my life. Why should I be afraid? When something happens to you, senior ox will ensure your safety. A senior ox knows when trouble is coming, it will rise. Can I even announce to you why God made a day the first announcement of holy? Lord God blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified it. Called it holy. That's what confession says. Called it holy. He didn't call a man holy. He called the day holy. You know why? He created the day called holy day. Where we have degraded to holy day. It is from holy day. Holy day means it is the day God and you will advance intimacy. That is why Satan has entered our holy days. I pray the Christian worker will understand the holy day is to recap and recoup all the lost hours you failed to wake up at dawn on that day. It's not time for beach. It's a holy day to recap lost moments with the Lord. So he created the day so he can advance holiness in intimate union with us. There is a Hebrew part of the festival of marriage called the Kiddushan, which is from the word Kadosh, holiness. It is holiness for God to become unions with you. When God adds himself to you, holiness is attributed. 
asked why when Mary took the seed, you know what they said? The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the child you are with is a holy thing. Because it's a combination of God and man. Anytime God combines with man, holy. Please don't take lightly these kind of things. There are things we can't teach the church. Jesus said, cast not your pearls before swines. And he was preaching about the beatitude. But he says, it's simple that they are pearls. Yoke yourself with me. You know one day, sir, I've come for work. And I have to go to church. I go home around nine. I have to quickly shower and go to church. When I go to the all night, they were praying. I knew I was tired. I knew this one, I need grace. As I'm speaking, when I'm not slept. I didn't sleep. I know if I sleep, I'll be late. I'll be later. So I had to just come like that. That's why I'm cool. I'm conserving energy because I'm preaching the morning again. So I'm conserving energy so that I don't uh -huh, you understand. That's why I'm cool like that. Don't, don't think something is wrong with me. I'm very fine. It's, it's statics. Hallelujah. Statics. At least what I'm saying is, is advantageous to you. This year, I'm not going fast. This year, I'm making it practical so you can collect something. What, what do you think? Yeah, pastor advised me. He said I should preach the way I preach in my church. So I'm coming down today. Uh, so that I don't do shushin. After all, here is also my church. So I have to take my time. Yes, so I don't, I'm not in a hurry to run anywhere. I'm, I'm, we are here together. Yeah. It's a holy thing. It's a holy thing. It's not just spending time with God. The highest proof of love is resemblance. Is when what you love has your image. That is why when you marry, after a while, they begin to think you are brother and sister. Because it is the height of love and it's bold. That's when a man has really been with the Lord. You and God look alike. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. What it meant was that the flesh had to be crucified. So that to the extent that even when you are living, you have no more faith of yourself. Your faith is Jesus' faith. He said, the life I now live, it's not Eden's faith. I didn't go and listen to Revelation. It's Jesus has believed for me, so I'm enjoying it. Whatever you do, today you have to start believing what Jesus has believed for you. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 4, he said, his soul shall not be found upright in himself, for the just shall live by his faith. The Hebrew says, the just shall live by his faithfulness. Anytime you see God as faithful, he sees you as in faith. So anytime you say, God, you are faithful, God says, wow, he's in faith. That's all. It's as easy as that. Faith is not hard work. By which means did you believe? Did you have to struggle to believe to be born again? Why are you struggling to believe for that car? Because you see, you have removed the dress. And you are doing it by your own self. So it's like, I have to believe. I have to, I have to fast. No. How did I get born again? Did I fast to get born again? As easy as I believe that God has finished the work. What did we say at the, at the preaching? That Jesus has done it. Just come. Eh? It's the same way you just have to believe. Jesus has given the car. Just accept it. Accept it means with your whole heart. The way you accepted Jesus Christ and you were going by, you didn't say, mm, am I sure I'm born again? You knew. It's the same way when Jesus says, receive the car. You don't go like, ah, do I have faith enough for the car? I have the car. That's all. And your state and your thinking produces the reality that I have the car. It's not something I'm come to beg again. I have it. Faith is as easy as breathing. 
But the moment you enter work, that's where you, you distance yourself from the norm. You will distance. By this time of your life, some things shouldn't be prayer topic. Some things, if it is prayer topic, can I show you? It is the prayer topic given by the ox. So you are lying down. Arise! For the ammunitions of Aries is at your doorstep. Said the Lord, what saith I to them? He said, lift up your voice and decree this decree. In the name of Jesus, go read the Bible. The prophets never prophesied judgment till God put it to them. That is how you do warfare by the yoking. Sometimes you say, arise. The thief is in your midst. So Jesus said, Peter, Satan sought to sift you. But I've prayed for you. But they didn't tell us how he prayed. Fought the devil. Said, don't touch that. It's mine. Otherwise, you will live your Christian life on emotionalism. You feel that you are delayed, so you have to pray some prayer. No, 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 no. You are praying because the Holy Ghost said, rise up. And if you've walked with him enough, sometimes he might not say it. You feel it. Because you are in his motions and his motions, they have mixed. Sometimes you can even feel bad about something. And the people look too good, but you feel that it's bad. And you are trying to even fight it, but you just know it's bad. And you don't know how to say it, but it's bad. Because your emotions have become emotions. There's one prayer I pray. I say, Lord, may I see how you see. May I hear how you hear. Let me feel how you feel. And we'll be fine in this life. That's all. I just like that one. Let me see what you see. Let me hear what you hear. Let me feel what you feel. The same way, and we'll all be okay. May I not say what you have not said. Hold my mouth when I'm about to say what I shouldn't say. So that it might not come to pass what you have not commanded. Sidewalking with him as your friend. That's why we've talked about it a lot. And I know we've learned it. Intimacy. This dimension is learning. Is that with him as your Lord. Yoked. Turn, you turn. You don't do, I won't go. And he said, go, I won't go. Your neck will become stiff soon. Anybody who keeps resisting the will of God for a long time will suffer the casualty of stiff neck. Stiff neck means that sometimes the finances that should have come, when you obey later, will not be there if you had obeyed earlier. Go and read the story about Abraham. He didn't go when God said he should go. So by the time he entered the land, he didn't meet prosperity. He met famine. By the time he entered the promised land, finally, there was famine. But he delayed it. But he had come at the time he should come. Even if there was famine, God would tell him like Isaac, dwell in the land. And he will leave. Because Isaac went at the right time. Abraham waited for his father before he obeyed. It's a lightweight. That means that, sir, the comfort you get compared to the restraint of your own pleasure in obedience is overweighing than the temporary pleasure of doing it your way and the pain you will get after the end. I would rather choose God's way. It's not nice. Sometimes the way of God, eh, it makes you look like there's a problem with you. Sometimes it looks like you, you are preaching, you are shouting, but there's some things are not working in your life. But it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And if you have no idea, some of the things men of God go through, it is a training platform so that they can understand some things. Because you cannot comfort a comfort you have not gone to be comforted with yourself. So sometimes God allows you to go through some things so you can understand the predicament of somebody. Sometimes God will make you lose money so that you can understand what it means to be hungry. Because if you are not in the place, you see, Aaron was better high priest than 
Moses. Because he lived with the people. A priest is always taken from among the people. So if I'm to be your priest, it means I must feel what you feel. That's why the pastor might have had a heartbreak. Financial hardship. So that by the time he stands on the pulpit, any feeling of the church, he has gone through something. He has felt despair before. He has struggled with his wife and children in the hospital before. So by the time somebody comes, Daddy, my son is in the hospital, he understands your pain. It's not wickedness. High priest must have the feelings of the infirmities of the congregation. Some of you want to be pastors, but you don't like the feelings. You must feel something. Today, it's time to be with him. I wish you would set occasions for him. Because you see, this lady came to the Lord in Songs of Solomon chapter 1, verse number 6 to 8. He said, I have kept other people's vineyard, but my own vineyard have I not kept. Sometimes the greatest frustration in life is not that there is a spirit of depression in your life. It's just that you have not focused on what makes you you. That's why you are depressed. Sometimes wearing Jesus is the solution to depression. You, you don't have bipolar. You, you are using different things. You need to wear Christ. To change. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I'm saying. A lot of the things we call mental crisis today is the absence of the revelation of who we really are. We are not operating as man. We are operating as flesh. That's why we are struggling. Wear him. Wear him. Wear him. I lost a family member recently and somebody told me it would take me six to one year to be healed. So some days ago I was like, ah, am I okay? Am I okay? Like, it seems like, like somebody Somebody expects you to be giving moody. That is a lie. Okay. Have I said it? That Christianity is working with serpents and scorpions in your trousers. And it will not change your working style. So there's no serpent that will change it. There's no scorpion that will change it. We will work with them. When it's time to crush their head, we will finish them. But sometimes God will not let you crush their head because they have no power over you. Jesus does not need to silence the storm. Because to silence the storm means the storm is disturbing him. So sometimes there are some things God will not let you stop because if, you, if God says stop, it means he's disturbing you. That's why when you come to the height of warfare, you don't kill enemies, you eat in front of them. You tell them to sit down, I'm about to eat. What can you do? So that they understand that there's nothing they can do that will affect you. But if they can affect you, that's why you have to take the poster, I kill you, shoot, pay. Because they need to die so you can eat. Do you understand? If they don't die, you eat. But there's a realm you get to, your enemies will be alive and you eat in their presence and they can't touch you. That's what God is bringing you into. When a man begins to walk with Christ, this is what he does. He says, yeah, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So death is spying you, but you are walking with light. So only death, death can now only cast the shadow. So you are not walking in the valley of death, but in the valley of the shadow of death. Because death himself is hiding. Because you are walking with light. Because what did he say after that? Because thou art with me. And he is the light. So death will only cast shadow. Beloved, it's time to be with him. That's why Moses was wise. He said, if you don't go with us, we are not going. We don't like angels. We like you. Any child of God with the Holy Ghost looking for angels rather than the Lord himself, you have a problem. You need deliverance. You are always focused on angels, angels, angels. That's why you are also always focused on dwarfs. A Christian, when you see, well, you say dwarfs are here. Dwarfs. At your age in the Lord, dwarfs. You still think of dwarfs. Emote another. Hey. I'm looking for that dwarf. 
I want to measure them, whether they look like the shrine in my family's house or it is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I want to catch one. I want to catch one. Sometimes I think I should catch a dwarf. I just want to see how they look like. What kind of spirit is that? A man who carries the pillar of the power of God is afraid dwarfs have entered their house. Now, your time has come. You don't even need security fence. Take oil, anoint every post, and say, if you jump, you'll be burnt. It's a certain level where you and Jesus are like this. Some things you can say. That's why church, the more you spend time with him, there is a crazy thought. No one can threaten you. But when you are spending less time with him, Adam's problem. If you move the dress, you start fearing. Anybody can threaten you. You start getting afraid. Charlie, I'm not, I'm scared. Of hey, hey, Charlie, will it work? You are afraid. Anytime you are afraid, you should know you are distant. Anytime fear finds you, know that Jesus is not by you. Please, never justify fear. Never say it's normal to fear. No. The moment you normalize fear, you are normalizing your distance from the Lord. Because you see, the only way you can normalize fear is not how we do it in psychology. When you normalize fear, that can come to you. If there's fear, you can look at eyeball to eyeball and say, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? There's nothing to be afraid of. Get off. So fear came, but you left it with God. Calling for your attention. It's asking for it. One day I was on YouTube trying to find out something, an information. I had searched for 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, I felt a simple touch on my shoulder. I said, ah, I can't. I said, Adam. I said, yes, sir. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for this information. He said, why didn't you ask me? He said, ah, are you YouTube? He said, ah. Kind of question. He said, Are you? I said, I'm looking for it on YouTube. So I should ask you. Holy Ghost, this one to ask you. He said, Yes, ask me. He said, Next time do that. He said, That's why I've wasted 30 minutes of your life. So the next time I said, Holy Spirit, I need to access this information. Do you know the shocking thing? Sometimes when you don't ask him, you will remember some words and it will take you to a lot of rubbish before you finally get what you're looking for. You will sit for hours. But when you speak in tongues, he will give you the specific title. You will enter it. Tap, tap, tap. It will pop up. Within one stroke of your type, what you are looking for appears. You are saved. And every information you are looking for pops up like that. It's the same way when you are going to YouTube on your own. You will move from football to Aka Beneza to other nonsense. You will watch everything. <laughs> Doctor Like It. You will watch everything. Before you finally rest, and you realize that the two hours that you wanted to sleep, you have used one and a half hours to watch YouTube. Useless things. To massive every mistake. 
And only after two, you're like, hey, Jesus, I didn't sleep. But if he tells you to go to YouTube, you'll be surprised. You see, if the machine can do algorithm to hear the things you say, to project you, you know, when your machine tells you, allow speaker, allow camera, it is capturing your environment and capturing your statements. That's why when you open YouTube, if you have gone to the hospital, it gives you medical things as if it knows what you were thinking. Sometimes you don't know the things you are allowing. It's picking your information. So in other words, if I'm in the spirit, the righteousness of God. By the time I open YouTube, every message and righteousness will be waiting for me. Oh, walls really have ears. It matters what you say to your heart. Because something is picking it and producing it. I'm saying a lot of deep things in a very simple way. I'm glad God has done it like that. So you can brood over it. Start wearing Jesus. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I wear you. You know, I wear the Lord to the office. Whatever cannot happen to Jesus cannot happen to you. When you enter the banking hall, you say, Jesus, I'm wearing you. So if you cannot stay in the line for long, may I not? You'll be surprised. Within two minutes, somebody will signal you without you going to lobby. Sir, please, can you come so I say? And you are wondering what big man have they seen? But you just said you are wearing Jesus. So whatever Jesus deserves, you also deserve it. The moment you wear Jesus, I showed you the envelope. Whatever must happen to Jesus is what happens to you. You will touch gadgets and they will come back. You will touch things and they will return. Devices can never be lost. Nothing of mine can be missing. That's how you talk. Will you get conscious of him over here? Consciousness that you will carry to your heart. Consciousness you will drive in the car with. Bazoldos kara. La la des bregos, 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 bregos. Vul vulu val, vulu vulu val, vulu vulu val, vulu vulu. Roma des geres kuros kuros kara trazaga. La 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 des ogos. Le veve de 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 tu se te 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 tu nevendes. Bal adoske 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 bal adoske. Resopra talabasatole. It's a circumcision not made with hands. It is a circumcision that occurred on the cross. That is what the crucified life brought. 
it killed the flesh that interferes with wearing Jesus Christ. The flesh does not like to wear Christ. The flesh likes to wear itself and actually the fallen man, which is Satan. But you see, the moment you have allowed God's cross to work in your heart, your wife is expecting. 